HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. Hi, I'm Harry Rosenblum from the Time for Lunch podcast, and one way that Heritage Radio Network has impacted me is it has given me the opportunity to sit down and talk with hundreds of people from all over the world and different cultures, and it is always eye-opening the things that I learn and get to share on Heritage Radio Network. HRN is home to transformative exchanges about food. We hope our diverse lineup of shows opens your eyes educates, and empowers. Join us during our summer membership drive by donating and becoming a member. Members play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org donate to become a member today. Thank you for your support. Okay, ready? Well, 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 welcome to hell, aka life is a banquet, a show about all things edible, spreadable, and horrible, and horrible, adorable, <laughs> with me, your host, the man in the iron mask, uh, and me, our... Armin's gerbil named the man in the iron mask. <laughs> we just found out some horrible news, folks. Not only does our producer Armin have a gerbil, but he adopted it. It was being abused at its original home. <laughs> the outdoors. <That's> <laughs> it was being abused by Mother Nature. So Armin scooped it up. It came with the name the man in the iron mask. It did? And yet... Yes, and he's yet he's never seen the movie uh, or read the book. Wait, Didn't then, even know it was a book and neither did you. Armin, I'm sorry. You're going to have to come back in here so the gerbil came with the name already yeah so my my good friend he named the gerbil the man in the iron mask <laughs> and then bequeathed the gerbil to me directly after wow <laughs> now what i'm picturing is that this gerbil has a temper and it bites so it's wearing an iron mask much like some kind of like tiny hannibal actor type situation is that See, accurate what i was predicting is that this gerbil has an identical twin who's like the king or something is that the 
plot line of the man in the mask. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. And then also that the gerbil looks like Leonardo DiCaprio, your the, favorite actor. The gerbil looks exactly like Leonardo DiCaprio, the king of like France or whatever. And then um, he speaks perfect English and um, <laughs> doesn't have a French accent. Has a British accent. At some point, like Jeffrey Rush comes in and saves the gerbil, but then has to kill the other gerbil. Anyway, the moral of the story is if I had a gerbil, I would name it Gerbil. <laughs> mm. If I had a gerbil, I'd name it Gerbil Murray. <laughs> I would name it Gerbroni. <laughs> I would name it the Chicago Gerbils. <laughs> I would name it Chicago. Oh, no, sorry. Scratch that from the record. I would name it Gerbil Durham. <laughs> no, that's not. That's not as no, good as good. Gerbroni the gerbil. <laughs> gerbil. Gerbil, gerbil. Why don't more things rhyme with gerbil? I guess like Sherville, and that's about it. <laughs> Sherville would be a cute name for a gerbil. Sher- Sherville the gerbil? Yeah. Maybe a little pretentious, but that's fine. Armin, another question for you, if you don't <laughs> mind. What do you feed this thing? Uh, just, you know, other gerbils. Oh, oh my God, it's a cannibal? A cannibal. <laughs> yeah. I don't even understand. Where can you get a gerbil? Like the pet store? I, I don't know. My friend uh, my friend got the gerbil, and now the gerbil was given to me, and I, I didn't ask questions about where he got the gerbil. Oh, really? Your friend just came over and was like, hey, dude, here's a gerbil. And you were like, no questions asked. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and then he, moved, then he moved to California, and I haven't seen Where gerbils are illegal. <laughs> Because they're an invasive species, a pet. <laughs> now, Armin, here's another question. Uh, don't you also have a cat? Is this? Are you afraid this is going to cause maybe a Tom and Jerry type dynamic in your home? Oh, that yeah, that's that. I hope you don't have any tiny sticks of dynamite. No, nothing, nothing too crazy. But the gerbil is constantly being, you know, watched by the cat uh, very, <laughs> very intently. Yeah. Um, so, so they're not. One like, of them is going to die. They're not cuddling together. Well, they'd like to, but they can't. So is this gerbil bigger than a bread box? I don't, I still don't understand the size of a gerbil. I'm sorry, Nicole, bigger than a bread box? Yeah, like the classic <laughs> 20 questions question. Oh, a bread box is big though. That would be like more like a, a groundhog, I think you're thinking of. A gerbil is a palm size, isn't it, Armin? Well, that's why it was a joke. I don't know if you guys oh. remember this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought you just <laughs> never saw a gerbil before. <laughs> But they're like bigger than a hamster. Yeah. But then smaller bigger than a car. Bigger than a mouse because mice are teeny tiny, and smaller Armin. than a rat. Armin. Oh, you want my you want my expert opinion? Um, I wonder. Can you measure this thing? Is it smaller than a rat? No. Yeah, it's like between a rat and a mouse, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Awful. So you're saying if we're going to compare this to food, since this is a food podcast, <laughs> we're looking at a, a vermin, a vermin the size of like an avocado. A vermin, a small avocado. Yeah, I, they range kind of in size, but generally, average avocado size with a tail is an avocado. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Covered right. in hair. Has he ever yeah. eaten an avocado? Missing an eye. Missing an eye. Yeah, that's why he got the name. Apparently, I don't know. You would know better than I would. I don't oh think anybody loses an eye in the man in the iron mask, do they? <laughs> I think that maybe he was born with no eye. Let's move maybe on. It's Armin. A, maybe it's a figurative thing. Sorry. Yeah. Let's move Armin, on. thank you very much. And I just want to make a quick suggestion. <laughs> if you want your cat and your gerbil to get along, consider buying one of them a French maid's outfit. That always works <laughs> in Tom and Jerry. Thank you very much. <laughs> Will do. All right. Goodbye, Armin. Well, that was shocking. <laughs> 
Yes, we have a lot of, I think we are going to get a reputation as pet phobics because we have all that bird, anti-bird propaganda. <laughs> and now we have somewhat anti-gerbil sounding messaging here. But I just want everyone to know that I don't, I think gerbils are fine. <laughs> I also think they're fine. I think it's a curious thing to have as a pet. I just, um, I was completely shocked and appalled when Armin said that he had one living in his house. But yeah, you're right. We are anti-pet on the show, and I'm glad you brought that up because I've been wanting to say something about that for a while. If you have a pet, this is not the podcast for you unless you're trying to hate listen. Right. Dogs, cats, birds, horses. Living together. Fish. Fuck them all. <laughs> um, yes. So speaking of fucking some fish, I am coming to New York City. Hell yeah, bitch. When are you coming? The first week of August. Because you decided to go on vacation for the entire month of August without even discussing it with me. <laughs> That's true. I'm rude. I need to get the hell out of here. It's too hot. I need to go somewhere else where it's really too hot. hot. Is it? How hot is it today in Indiana? I think it's like 97, 98 degrees. Your favorite band? Yes, my favorite band, and the same age as our president, Joe Biden, who we just found out has COVID. <laughs> and maybe cancer? Rest in peace. Cancer? I don't know. He was talking about coal miners and how they possibly can have cancer, and he probably has it too. Sounds relevant. <laughs> Amazing. Hallelujah. Okay, it's, well, only, it's only 89 right now. It's going to be 95 later. <laughs> That's what it is here. It is very, very hot today, and I have been working in a kitchen, not a coal mine. <laughs> All week. And uh, today's my first day off, and I'm sitting in the air conditioning, and I'm still sweating. Mm. That's how hot it is. Classic. The dog days of I know. summer. <laughs> Truly. When you're, like, hot, when you're sitting outside, which I shouldn't complain because I really actually enjoy the hot weather. Um, but it is very hot, and I feel like everyone else is complaining. So why should I miss out on a good complaining session? You shouldn't. And I won't. Yesterday, I went to the YMCA pool, and that was very nice. Although they're... You know, children are always there, running wild. Shitting in the pool. Did you see any floating turds? No, nobody was shitting in the pool. <laughs> I always have a really hard time understanding how people shit in the pool anyway. Like, well, it just seems like I think not a good place to shit. The I, What happens is little kids don't understand diarrhea. And so I think the, the oh. real thing that happens is diarrhea happens in the pool, at which point you have to completely, like get everyone out of the pool and then drain all the water and then start over the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and then dig up the concrete part, burn that in a fire, pour new concrete, mm-hmm. and then go from there. Fill the pool yeah. in. But sometimes, like in your favorite movie, Caddyshack, there's just like, and what happened to my, my stepsister, a log of poop floats by, which is actually, that's the thing that's surprising to me. Because I just, that seems like it would be difficult to do while you're just in the water and unnecessary. Diarrhea is different, of course. That's more immediate. <laughs> that's an emergency. Well, you know, maybe this person was taught by their parents that they shouldn't hold in their turds. And they're just like, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Sure. Uh, folks, this is gonna be a good time for everyone to put down that sloppy Joe or the eclair <laughs> that you might be eating. <laughs> your uh, eclair lunch, <laughs> your payday candy bar. <laughs> or, or I guess it's a baby Ruth. They're um, the same. Well, one's covered in chocolate and looks more like a floating turd. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
Nicole, I'm really interested. Okay, first of all, I want to mention that we decided to give up Ben Affleck for Lent. Yeah, um, but then he heard us, and that's why he got married. I know, and I'm just like, I can't believe this would happen. At, at what bad timing? Are we going to discuss it or not? Oh, yeah, because well, we, we reported last week that they had died. But they apparently were not dead. They were alive. Um, but they were being so boring that we thought they were dead. Um, and they died of natural causes because they're both in their 50s. <laughs> um, a mere 70 years younger than our president. Um, and then to show us up and to show that they are, in fact, listeners of our podcast, they were like, oh, my God, we're so boring. They stopped talking about us. We have to go to Vegas and get married and wait in line with four other couples to get married in Vegas. The stars are just like us. It is funny to think about them taking a private jet to Vegas, but then still waiting in line to get married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is it is ironic. It's like rain on your wedding day, which wouldn't happen if you're in Vegas. Or it could because of global warming. Who knows what's going to happen? That's very true. So uh, that's a ama- uh, congratulations to the happy couple. I was very confused by the dress that she was wearing. I thought it was extremely ugly. Oh, I didn't like even it was see from it. Old Navy. Mm. <laughs> is it from old navy because that would be amazing kind of look like so i shouldn't really like look say that like old navy is bad or whatever i know it's affordable and people love it but she looked like I mean, she had two dresses one was like valentino maybe but the other first one she's like i've been i had this for a long time i think it was like from an old movie or something and it was just so confusing i was like just like the plain wearing this? the plain white dress yeah yeah I didn't understand. But what's it for? What are they? They don't care if I understand. They're fine. They're married. They're in love. They're happy. They're rich. Super rich. And now they're husband and wife. To the happy couple, we salute you. Yeah, that is interesting. That dress is very, like, plain. Just given what we've come to expect from J-Lo and her mini boob. Maybe she just wanted to, like, get away from the, the boob dress you know, and go to more conservative because she is on her deathbed. She is very, very old. Maybe I also like to assume that maybe the butt was cut out of it and it was a completely plain looking dress except <laughs> the entire butt was cut out. Good. That's a good thing to imagine. Um, speaking of talking shit about celebrities, um, because we somehow feel like we're entitled to do that. <laughs> um, let's, do you want to talk about our topic or do you have more celebrity gossip? Well, I do actually have some celebrity gossip okay. and I'm so happy that you asked. Um, so I brought some celebrity gossip today, <laughs> vintage celebrity gossip, because it's going to float right into our, into our story. So I'm going to hit you with some celebrity gossip from the year 2001, shall okay. we? Yes, we shall. Let's take it back. A space odyssey. We survived the millennium, uh, Y2K, it's in our rear room mirror. Here we are in 2001. I am in my junior year in high school. I'm wearing pants with the uh, jeans with the waistband cut off, Mm -hmm. matching my thong, the thong, thong, thong to my underwear. I mean, to my uh, top and to the thing tied to my hair. Everything is great. I have no eyebrows. Um, (laughs) So anyway. But neither did anyone else. (laughs) It's now, I don't, I don't remember this happening. I don't know what this is in reference to. I thought you might. It says in this article I read, it was the year the King of Pop, Michael Jackson, cried at the Oxford Union. What was that? 
I do we know? No idea. I don't even know what the Oxford okay. Union is. Me neither. It sounds British. Let's skip it. Uh, pop teen queen Britney Spears performs on stage with a snake and Icelandic singer Bjork turned up at the Oscars dressed as a swan, which I still think is the greatest dress of all time. Swan dress. So fun. Um, much hated. Sto- much hated, but why? Why do we need to hate the swan dress? It was so cool and it was extremely iconic. Really, of all the Oscar looks ever, it's probably the most memorable one. Yes. Um, the story that grabbed most headlines in 2001 involved a Hollywood power couple who, out of the blue, announced they were ending what many considered to be a rock-solid marriage. Nicole, any guesses? A rock-solid marriage in 2001. No idea. Nicole Kidman became one of the world's oh. most photographed women this year as showbiz watchers searched avidly for any signs of despair following her split. <laughs> For Tom Cruise. <laughs> is this Look, pre- despair. Is this pre or post 9-11? <laughs> uh, that's a really great question. I guess it must have been probably only in the days following 9-11. All anyone could talk about was Nicole Kidman's despair. Um, it must have been before. Um, and then when I was, I'm going to go on a little bit about this, but when I was reading this, I was like, what a weird fucking couple. I cannot believe these two were married. First of all, I know this is like not cool to say and, and whatever. So sue me. She's so tall. She's so, so tall. And like, they just look bad together. And I think there are tall and small couple combinations that can look fine, but they, the two of them just don't, they don't do it for me. What do you think? Any, you want to weigh in here? I think that they are cute together, especially when you see them in the eighties when her hair is just like wild and crazy. Cause they met on the set of, Days of Thunder, which is a really good movie. Yes, um, it is. And and far and away. And I think in those days, like in the early 90s, they like looked a little bit better. But like as she became a little bit more like stoic and, and both of them became more robotic, maybe they even were have been replaced by AI. Um, <laughs> but they started to look really weird together. And I was like, I don't know. I see these two together. I don't know. I also feel like even in Eyes Wide Shut, it still works for me. I feel like also the height thing doesn't bother me. I know, I'm extremely, like, uh, that's a real fuddy-duddy thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Truly fuddy-duddy. <laughs> More fuddy than duddy, even, I, I venture. Um, so then this article goes on to say, the Willie Redhead also recorded the Frank Sinatra song, Something Stupid, with British singer Robbie Williams. Oh, my and God, And some celebrity magazines <laughs> thought they were together. I don't remember that, but I'm, I'm going to look it up all right now. <laughs> when we finish. Robbie. <laughs> that's very funny. Yes, that's very funny. Then some tabloids suspect, is it George Clooney and her banging because uh, they did that movie, The Peacemaker, together? Was it because of Scientology? Was Tom Cruise perhaps gay? Who knows? Also, who cares? You know what's um, weird, though, about this whole deal? Is it like Nicole Kidman just like not have a relationship with her children from that marriage? Really? Yeah, I just read that. Oh, I had, I had no idea. Yeah, she just moved back to Australia, married that urban guy, and then had their kids, and then her adopted kids from her marriage to Tom Cruise aren't really around. Really? Wow. Nicole, not cool. Uh, The Daily News, meanwhile, reports that the strain of the breakup had already been evident on the set of Vanilla Sky. Great movie. Over the past two weeks, quote, tension on the set has been astronomical, one source (laughs) tells the Daily News, adding that Cruz was miserable and has been behaving, quote, erratically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's... Which for Tom Cruise is really saying a lot. Was she coming on set? 
Or he was just uh, on set. That's what she said. I don't know if she was coming on set. Do you mean come, orgasming or visiting? I obviously probably, meant, visiting. probably neither. <laughs> probably neither. Um, okay, well, let's move on to my celebrity gossip. So I wanted to just talk about the early 2000s, and I couldn't really find anything that we haven't touched on or that wasn't boring. So I decided that we should talk about the terrifying, toxic celebrity culture of the early 2000s, mostly diet culture related, um, which has been, you know, people have been talking a lot about it lately because of the documentaries that have been coming out, like the Britney documentary and then um, other people talking about stuff. But um, I vividly remember like participating in this when I was young because I was, I would go on Perez Hilton's website and I would look up pictures of celebrities like in their vaginas. Um, oh, yes. Remember when, like, flashing your vagina was like, and they're like, oh, my God, her vagina is, like, showing again. Yeah. Like, basically, the upskirt thing became sort of, like, a back and forth because then people were doing it, which is pretty fucked up. And then the celebrities were like, well, if you're going to do it, then I'm just going to flaunt it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It was really kind of a really depraved time. Not like now where society is much better. Um Totally. So I got most of this information from an article in Slate.com. Um, and I'm just going to dive right in. So at the beginning of the article, they talk about um, this woman named Rachel Abrahamson, and who worked at U.S. Weekly from 2003 to 2017, I think. Um, Whoa. But whenever U.S. Weekly or Us Weekly, is it Us Weekly or U.S. Weekly? Do I say Us Weekly. Um, I do too, and I say and I say it a lot. What about well, let's call it the United States Weekly. Oh. Perfect. <laughs> or what about you and me weekly? You and I weekly. Um, so whenever they needed to include a celebrity's weight for a diet story, she would call this guy named Doctor Fred Pescatore. <laughs> Sounds reputable. Um, Doctor Fish, who wrote the Hamptons Diet, Thin for Good, and the A List Diet. They would just email him photos of celebrities, and he would just guess their weight based on the photographs so they could publish it in their magazine. Um, and she was like, we didn't even think twice about it because it was just like so normalized. Um, and part of the reason why is because if they would publish a story about a woman's a celebrity's weight, they would sell tons and tons and tons of magazines. So um, there was U.S. Weekly, Us Weekly, whatever the hell it's called. It's Us Weekly. In Touch, and um, there were some other ones, but In Touch and Us Weekly were the biggest ones. So um, Us Weekly at some point, or no, In Touch at some point is selling over a million magazines per week, which just seems insane to me. Um, and so if one, and so they were like basically the pressure to get a really good headline at this stage was high. So if one headline inspired a 20% bump in sales, that meant an extra $800,000 on top of Us Weekly's $4 million per week in sales. $4 million per week. Holy shit. And that's in the early 2000s. So that's like basically $4 billion. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, since those were the best-selling magazine articles, those were the ones that they published the most and things just kind of spiraled out of control. Um, there were articles written at the time about how these sort of like obsessive weight articles were influencing these celebrities to get really, really, really skinny um, because there's constant scrutiny about their bodies. 
Um, right. but, so it's like an Ouroboro then kind of, right? Like yeah. they report on like the thing, then they feel like they need to do more and then that makes more money. So it's just like a never ending vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, and we all remember those times when everyone was like so terrifyingly skinny. I just watched randomly like this, uh, old Saturday Night Live episode where Brittany Murphy was on there and she looks oh my God. so bad. Like she looks so terrifyingly skinny that it just isn't even okay and that was just like normal back then like yeah it didn't seem weird at the time um and yeah and it was just like fodder for everyone so you know Nicole Richie was also like kind of like one of the super skinny stars that people really were talking about at this time um and the article linked to this Howard Stern like show episode or whatever where Nicole Richie comes on the show and first of all I feel like Howard Stern somehow got redeemed in later life but did that yes he did because he's really being fucking shitty on this show it's very hard to listen to he basically is like yeah nicole richie and it's on youtube he's like nicole richie lost a bunch of weight and so now i think she's hotter than paris and he's like given the choice between the two i'd probably fuck her instead of paris because she's hotter now right before she's about to come on the show he's saying this um, yeah and like the the whole i mean how the Howard Stern redemption story is like we could talk about. That's a whole other episode, but I find it very strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I can't remember how or why he got redeemed, but I'm not sure that he should have been. Um, well, I think it's just because it was his whole. The reason, in short, why I think Howard Stern is, was redeemed is because he never made any like he was never hiding any of the awful things that he did. It was so in the fore, and it was so like who he was and his whole personality. It was like, we've discovered Howard Stern said some really wacky things and none of us paid attention to back then. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Got it. So um, he's like ahead of, he was ahead of the thing the whole time. Cause it was always his identity. Sure. Okay. Howard, whatever you want, baby. Um, so the, and so then Nicole comes on the show and the first thing he says to her is like, Whoa, you lost way more than 10 pounds. And she was like, okay, Wow. He's like, you've lost so... He's like, how much weight have you lost since you were on the show last? And she's like, I don't know. She's like, I don't think I've lost any weight since the last time I was on the show. And eventually this... I couldn't even keep listening to it. It was very uncomfortable. But he basically on that show tricks her into being weighed on the show. <gasps> yeah. Ugh. Um, and then at one point, they would like... So they had so... That's like so awful. I know. <laughs> And it was just like normal. It's like 2000. Yeah. I mean, if you look it up, it's that it's on YouTube. Um, the whole episode or whatever it's called the show, the episode, whatever. Um, so then obviously Jessica Simpson was another target. Um, people just like constantly scrutinizing her weight loss and her weight gain. Um, at one point they, this woman says that they followed her into a Mexican restaurant. Um, they got someone who worked there to give them her bill and then they went and calculated the number of calories she probably consumed based on the number of margaritas and items of food that she ate. And then they published oh that in the magazines. God. Oh, my God. Dude, I actually, I listened to her memoir, and she was talking about, this is a little bit later, but when there was a whole, like, crazy, I, she even used the word scandal, but the whole thing in the press about when she wore that outfit with the high-waisted jeans and the leopard belts and the black top, and everyone was like, she's so fat. Yeah, I she's just like, looked at pictures of that, and she's not fat at all. Of course, and she's like, she she's like, 
I weighed, like she said when she weighed, it was such a normal amount, like a below average amount. Of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not that that's even worth saying what's normal or anything. But, and she's like, and I never said that in the press, right? I never was like, this is actually how much I weigh and this is my size. She's like, because I didn't want to make anybody feel else feel uncomfortable or compare themselves to that or like, have a problem based on like, you know what I mean? Cause everyone's yeah. calling me fat and I didn't want to be like, well, I'm a size four because then other people who are size four or sort of size six or size 12 are going to feel like they're not good as well. And so she's like, I just kept it to myself. And like, I was yeah. like, she's, I don't know. She's an awesome person, Jessica Simpson. I remember that that was all over the press, all over the news when she wore that, she was singing at a chili cook-off apparently. Yeah. Um, and she looks great. She's wearing high waisted jeans, which back then weren't, the opposite of what was popular because it was like as low as you can go, but she, whatever, it was really sad. Um, they said that um, part of the reason why things got to be, because, you know, it's basically like not one thing is happening because like it just like by itself, you know, like, so basically they're right. like, because we had so much money, we we're making so much money we could go out to restaurants and order whatever we wanted when we were celebrity stalking. And because we were going to these restaurants all the time, loyal sources basically being just like normal people who worked in the restaurants would tell them whenever they were going to they'd be like Cameron Diaz and Justin Timberlake are going to come in at 7 PM and we'll give you a table right next to them. Oh so my God. like the restaurants were participating and like everybody was just sort of like all in the cog in the wheel. Um, and then it goes on to list a couple of like really disturbing covers of us weekly and also in touch one was just like how much the stars really weigh and it just showed pictures of the stars and their guesstimated weights because they obviously don't know how much they actually weigh and then they had another one called goalpost gams which had pictures of the stars with a goalpost in between their legs estimating how big their thigh gap was what yeah on the cover of the magazine Oh my fucking God. That's crazy. <laughs> I remember ones where it would be like, guess who's like, but this is, and like, right. as a, you know, guessing game. And it was like, this butt's like, you know, looks good. And this butt has cellulite. And this like guess people's weights, like link them up. It's really, that is really wild. And think yeah. about how many poor like people that affected, like, I mean, including like us, you know what I mean? The way you thought about your own body, the things you chose to do to your body, eating disorders, like just wasted life, like wasted life for young people, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're like, basically they're like, that tweet that went viral that sort of prompted a lot of this rehashing of the early 2000s, which she was like, if anyone wonders why every millennial woman, you know, has an eating disorder, it's because we were told things like, if you're hungry, you're probably not really hungry, you're thirsty. To donate right. food. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. So um, those weight estimates they put on there needed to be low to amp up the scare factor. Um, so they would find a nutritionist who would estimate a weight. And if it was a reasonable number, they would try to find another person who would be willing to estimate that the person in the photo was down in the double digits. Um, oh, my God. With no basis in reality whatsoever. Um, also if a star would refute the article that they're anorexic, they would just, but they're basically, they would be like, we have all these rumors going around that so-and-so is, has an eating disorder. And then so-and-so would be like, I don't have an eating disorder. And they would just put both of them in the article. So they're basically, they are reporting the star's rebuttal, but then they would also print a rumor that like a friend of the star is like, she's definitely anorexic and she hasn't eaten in 10 days or whatever. 
and there wasn't really any fear of backlash back then because there was no like social media. There was no like sort of, it just was a different time too. Like there, people were not necessarily, not everyone, but a lot of times people weren't really like suing them for calling them anorexic when they're like, I'm not anorexic. Um, another Ugh. part of this was um, anorexia accusations were usually focused on white stars. So <clears throat> there was no conversation about stars of color being or having eating disorders, oftentimes stars of color were used side by side in photographs as healthy counterparts because they, you know, weren't as skinny as the white people. <laughs> oh my God. This whole thing is so disgusting. It's and really just also- so misogynistic. It's just very, because yeah. this is almost exclusively targeted at women. Um, right. And... It's, How many people might have died just from this particular, you know what I mean? Like, well, this is a from great, anorexia and eating disorder based just on these magazines. Well, in 2007, Kira Knightley won a defamation lawsuit against the Daily Mail because they posted an image of her in a bikini claiming that she had an eating disorder and this contributed to the death of a 19-year-old girl. Oh, my God. From anorexia. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, and it's also, so sad. It's I don't so know if you pathetic. remember, <clears throat> I was like, also, I, I like have an eating disorder past. There, there were these websites on like Tumblr, I think, that were like called Thinspo, um, and they would post like really pictures of really, really, really skinny stars, and be like, "I'm this is all the things I'm doing to try to like get myself as skinny as Nicole Richie is in this photo." Um, and it's just yeah, it's just sad because it's like when you really think about how short our lives are, this little time we all have on earth, even if you have a long life, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just so like, it's so irrelevant and it's so based in nothing. Like the standard of being like the thinnest, you, the thinner you can be, like the more worthy or beautiful you are. It's based in nothing. It's based in like the patriarchy, but it's still based in nothing. You know what I mean? There's no it's so subjective like of what is beautiful or what people should and to think that you spend your little time on earth, like trying to be as skinny as you could to not eat things. If you had the means to, to not enjoy your life, to, to waste your time over that. It's so, it's so such a shame. Yeah. And then not for the people who participated in it, because I just mean like the fact that it even happened in the first place is a shame. It is, but it's also, it's very much, based in misogyny like these women yeah. were being like relentlessly attacked and the thing about Britney too is that they knew that Britney was breaking down mentally from the relentless paparazzi and they couldn't really stop it because it was making so much money I mean people claim now that they thought that they they wish they could stop it who knows if that was actually true but um they weren't in denial they knew that she was starting to freak out from it and they didn't care um, and then, so Perez Hilton is obviously a big contributor to this. Maybe some say one of the biggest, he is probably one of the cruelest, that's for sure. Um, he, when famously, when Heath Ledger died, he made that t-shirt that said, why couldn't it have been Britney with a picture of Heath Ledger on it? Um, which is pretty fantastic. Horrible. He apologized for some of it in a 2020 autobiography, but I think he's just trying to basically change his look because it's not cool to make fun of everyone like he did anymore. So he's just like kind of backpedaling. Um, <clears throat> um, so yeah, there's a podcast called 2020, which I have not listened to, but it sounds good. I'm probably going to start checking it out. Um, and it's about the early 2000s 
And they were saying that the rampant misogyny of the 2000s was most likely, obviously we don't know for sure, but a pushback on the riot girl movement and the third wave feminism of the 90s. So basically they're just like men were like, no, you can't do this. You have to be put back in your place or whatever. Um, and then they also go on to point out um, the fat shaming movies of the like shallow howl. Um, oh my God. Which, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow has come out and said, you know, maybe that wasn't the best idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> you that think? Somebody, or like Tyra Banks wearing the fat suit all the time on her show. Somebody was like, the other day at work, they're like, oh, Shanna, how I want to rewatch that. And I was like, why? Why do you want to rewatch? They're like, I think that movie is funny. And I'm like, it's not funny. <laughs> the, no, it's The not. cover of the movie is like them in like a rowboat and the rowboat is sticking up in the air because Gwyneth Paltrow is so much fatter than Jack Black. And that's somehow, I don't, whatever. It, it's, <laughs> it's the whole thing really is so bad. And you know what? Even the fashion that of the 90s, which now, uh, the 2000s, which everyone is like so obsessed with now for some reason, which really just is a thorn in my side. Um, a thorn in your thong? My thor- <laughs> a thong in my in my pants uh, oh by the way sidebar mary and i have been listening we worked together for a month and every single day after we left our shift we listened to the thong song on the way home which is a great it was song. like it's the best it's and if anyone out there is struggling with depression um i highly suggest listening to the thong song it really helps but so <laughs> even like the fashion that was meant right like to really show off these parts of your body that like if you like like skinny jeans that are so, so low rise, right? Like, so yeah. really stick thin women, you have your hips hanging, you know, poking out your hip bones and you don't have a tummy and like, it looks a certain way, you know what I mean? And now, I mean, it's fine. Cause like people can like, you know, be wearing this kind of stuff and not feel self-conscious, but anyway. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, we talked about this on another podcast episode before, but um, Tara Reid was also like a big victim of this, they basically like trashed her Perez Hilton, especially just like made everything about her. It just like, it's just so sad. And like, they basically were like, you're allowed to be like a certain type of woman, but if you're like a train wreck that we are deciding what that means, then which basically just means that you party and you were caught by the paparazzi who stalk you, which wasn't even happening 10 years prior. that you're somehow like a stupid whore or like a traitor to the gender, which is what Perez Hilton used to call everyone dumb whores all the time. <laughs> wow. What a cool guy. Yeah. Cool, he's man. Really cool. Um, then, okay. So then 2004, this is just some more of the horrors that were the early 2000s heat magazine, which I believe is a British tabloid ran a celebrity cellulite special where they showed pictures of people's cellulite and circled where it was with white, circles like they showed Beyonce's legs and put white circles all over the places where she had cellulite on oh my god whole magazine was about cellulite um in 2007 headlines about Tyra Banks who had gained 30 pounds were said things like Tyra Banks America's Next Top Waddle and Tyra Porkchops Tyra Porkchops isn't even a very clever that doesn't even make any sense yeah um, which then prompted her to wear a bathing suit on her show and be like, kiss my fat ass. She wasn't even, she wasn't even in a fat body at that point. Like she just, she still was slender. <laughs> um, totally. 
Um, at some point, Perez Hilton linked to paparazzi upskirt photos of Miley Cyrus when she was still underage. Um, Unbelievable. He, he also would out gay celebrities all the time against their will. He's also gay. I just, like, don't understand. <laughs> that, that, to me, seems, and this is not to, like, absolve him at all because he's a real dick, but, like, it just seems to me like someone, especially when he first started, had a certain kind of like vibe where it seems like he was probably a person who was hurt at some point or whatever, or maybe like, I don't know, just a bit of like, a, I don't know. He just had a, don't you think he had a vibe of maybe like, well, I don't feel very like part of anything. So I'm going to like talk shit about everyone else. I don't know. I mean, he was just, I feel like almost irredeemably cruel. Um, I I agree. I mean, I mean, extremely, extremely cruel. I'm not saying that Perez Hilton is the sole reason this happened. I just think because people were going to his website, I went to his website all the time. I participated in this. Yeah, I was like, man, Tara Reid's a fucking trash person. Um, but really having no actual idea what was going on in her life, and um, yeah, it's just interesting. I just think. such a lack of empathy across the board in yeah. this time period. Like, just such deep lack of empathy. Such, like, a... I don't know. It reminds me almost of, like, when we were talking about the McDonald's hot coffee case and, like, tort reform and all that stuff like that. Of, like, mm-hmm. how the citizen, the average person was, like, taught to think that, like, someone getting something from, you know, big business was, like, uh, like ridiculous and, and terrible. Right. And it just, like, turning, like, people like us, like you know, who were young women during that time, like, we should think that Tara Reid or Lindsay Lohan or, like, Britney Spears were shitty or trashy or whatever, instead of having the same compassion and empathy and love we do for them today. Like, you know, I think it's wonderful how Britney is viewed by the mainstream today and how she's so beloved. But, like, it just was, you know, it's just a sign of the times. It's just really quite tragic that that's how we were all thinking. It's almost like a, it's a brainwashing. Yeah. And, like, Rumor Willis has come out a lot to talk about how she was basically called ugly all the time in the press um, when she was young, growing up like a little kid. Yeah. And Perez Hilton would call her potato head all the time. That's <laughs> Just so fucking so crazy. Terrible. It's so terrible. It's so terrible. But when you have like someone with that much of a voice and that much clout at the time, he was so popular at that mm-hmm. time, right? Everybody read Perez Hilton. And, Jer- and to have Jess that... Jared. Yes, and to have that as, like, you know, a really strong cultural narrative. And it's almost like what happens to people when they get bullied in school because you want to kind of join the conversation, whether it's you're aware of it or not. So you're, you know what I mean? Some part of that feels like you're not going to be that person who's being fucking picked on or teased or whatever. So you go with it, and it's terrible. It's very mature. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah. So sorry this is kind of a downer episode, you guys. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's very sad, though. I know. I was just remembering, like, and the Olsons were in the news all the time. It was yeah. a terrible time. And also the clothes were so bad. Although I did have a pair of like mud jeans that I bought with the waistband cut off at Kohl's that I thought were the coolest. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, every pair of my pants that the waistband cut off. Um, did you cut the waistband off? Yes, I did. And it really was a bad time in fashion. For all of you trying to bring it back, I say, go to hell. I mean, You didn't have to fun. live through it. How dare you? It's just sad because... That means we're old enough to have it be completely like people are recycling this because their parents wore it. And that's depressing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is depressing. I don't think it's been long enough, though, to be honest. I don't think enough time's passed. I think it's too soon. <laughs> <sighs> too soon. Um, 
Okay. Well, do you want what should we what should we close off with here? Well, I guess maybe we can close off. Why don't we say our three favorite two thousand celebrities like that we liked? <laughs> okay. Well, I was really into the Olsen twins. I'm counting them as one. Celebrity. Okay. <laughs> I used to like obsessively look at their like candid. That was another thing. I used to always like literally Google like candid shots of blank celebrity just to like see what they were wearing. Um, <clears throat> I don't do that anymore. Um, I also, let's see, the early 2000s, I guess I was into the old. I really like Nicole Richie. She is even now currently one of my favorite people that is famous. And I feel like she really came through all of that sort of, not necessarily unscathed, but like now she yeah. has like a cool career and I just think she's really funny and just love her and we have the same first name um and who else I don't know I can't think of anyone else I guess I'll use the Olsen twins as two okay great (laughs) um I loved and I still love Paris Hilton even though she Mm -hmm. had the worst style ever um she's not changed much I feel like she's still wearing the same things um but I don't know. I think she's just a little bit kind of like we all dismissed her as being like, you know, not intelligent or whatever. But I think that she she is. And even if she wasn't, it doesn't matter. She is, um, though. She well, I mean, she yeah. is like a she has like a billion dollar business, like yeah. making her, her purses and stuff. Yeah, I mean, sure. But like, yeah, I'm we'll just forget saying. about their wealth at, the, at this point. Um, I love Lindsay Lohan because she's from Long Island, from the same town in Long Island as I am. Really? And yeah, from well, where my, not where I grew up, but where my parents live now, Huntington. Oh. Um, so just one town over. And you know what? I also, well, I was going to say something else. I mean, obviously, Brittany. Brittany Murphy and Brittany Spears, the Britneys. Yeah. Also, Ashley Simpson. God bless her. Whatever. Oh my her. God, Ashley Simpson. And. You know what? You know who's also amazing? Early 2000s star, freaking Gabrielle Union. And both oh, of yeah. her memoirs are fucking awesome. Highly recommend. She has two um, memoirs? Yeah, we're going to need more wine. And I forget what the other one is called, but they're both really good. No, that reminds She's me. Great. I started watching, this is completely unrelated, but um, I started watching The Umbrella Academy. Yeah, you said that. And Mary J. Blige is in it. She's amazing and super hot. Oh, my God. I love her and I want her to call me. Now I have something I want to say to close out. That's a non sequitur, which is that I have been watching the staircase. I've never watched that. Wait, the fiction or the nonfiction one? The, well, like the fiction, not the documentary, the fictional one with Colin Firth and uh, your sister, Tony Collette. (laughs) (laughs) Just for anyone who doesn't know, Nicole's sister looks exactly like Tony Collette and you look a a lot like Tony Collette as well, but not as much as Shannon. Um, so I've been watching The Staircase, and obviously anyone who is interested in true crime and all this is a very popular case. I thought I knew everything about it. And you know what I realized after watching it? That I believe the owl theory. No, what the fuck? It's the only possible answer. There's no other answer than the owl theory. It's the only thing that makes sense. There's no, why would her head be gouged like that, but there's no fracturing on her skull whatsoever. And this owl had been, like, stalking her. For some time, she had been, like, seeing, like, owls and weird things living in the house. I think it's the owl. I don't think a man who previously killed another woman... He didn't kill her. <clears throat> and there were owl feathers in her hair. And in a chunk of her hair that were in her hand. Little owl feathers. I think it was the owl. 
watch mm. it. It's really inter- it's really entertaining and um Colin Firth, wow, what a delight. So they make the case for the owl theory in the fiction movie? No, they don't really make the ca- I haven't finished watching it, but they don't really make the case for anything so much. They're not like, "Oh, he did do it or he didn't do it." They make they're like he was kind of an asshole and also they had kind of a good relationship and also and also and also, you know. But I do think I believe the owl theory. Okay, well, I disagree with you. Um, Watch it and tell me what you think. It's I mean, very I've, interesting. I've listened to the documentary, or I watched the documentary, and I've listened to a couple of podcasts about it. Same. Same. So, and I never, and I walked away with a different impression after watching this. That's after this saying. fiction movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think it's the owl. Okay. okay. Right into the show, especially Mike Sala, famous bird lover. Do you think an <laughs> owl could do this to someone you'd know? Let us know. Um, what about a parrot? That's exactly why I've been saying parrots are evil. They could kill you. The parrot theory. The parrot. I don't think it was an owl. After all, I think it was Mike Sala's parrot. And on that <laughs> note, hasta la pasta. Bye. This is going to be a two-parter. We'll see you next week with part two of the early odds. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 35 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail served on the beautiful patio, which has ample room for social distancing. Travelers from around the world find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Life's a Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.